The battle of Britain is about to begin. Welcome to Lead Pursuit Podcast. This time, we don't have Doug, so you get to hear me, but we have Steve. Say hi. Hey, what's up, guys? Good to be back. We have Chris coming to us from the Northern Outpost. <laughs> what's up, man? And, uh, you know, we were kicking around some ideas. You know, we're all like kind of drunk, getting ready for the holidays and stuff. And we thought, it actually, it might have been Trevor's idea. Correct me if I'm wrong, guys, but uh, somebody had a smart idea about let's talk about movies that are yeah i think it was trevor that popped in and just say hey let's just talk about movies that are aviation related and we're like that's a great idea right so i think we've all had a lot of fun messaging back and forth about different movies and stuff and uh you know we you know of course we've watched a lot of these movies so maybe we could uh improve your painting time your hobby time or whatever with some interesting movies that you may have heard of or not heard of so uh, who wants to start us off? Start us off. Well, I, I think we ought to start off since the the, the biggest banter we've had has it, it, I think it might just be us has revolved around the worst movie franchise in the history of aviation. <laughs> I don't know how we got down that rabbit hole, but it's been enjoyable watching it on the freaking chat, and it's got to be Iron Eagle. That's awesome. Yeah, you know, I kind of forgot about Iron Eagle. We started this whole discussion with, you know, maybe more legitimate movies, right? <laughs> like ones like classics you think of, like Battle of Britain. And and I'm watching today, I was watching uh, uh, Flying Tigers with John Wayne. But yeah, somehow we went down the Iron Eagle rabbit hole and discovered that not only was there an Iron Eagle 3, but there was actually even an Iron Eagle 4. What do you guys think about that? Well, I got to tell you, I think you're missing the real focal point of this. All right. Don't get lost in the sequels. The sequels are never as good. The first movie, Iron Eagle. I mean, I'm going to I'm going to pony up that Iron Eagle better movie than Top Gun for me personally. All right. Doug's not here to argue with you. Explain yourself. All right. Well, well, I'm going to I'm just going to say, you know, I have real personal connection to it. Right. So uh, you got the high school kid. It, it just checks all the boxes for me. Right. High school kid, too stupid to get into the Air Force Academy. Right. So then you got the kid who's, fly, you know, every pilot who's ever flown uh, a Cessna 152 wants to race a guy on a dirt bike and beat him. Right. And then everybody who's ever wanted to fly an F-16 has always just thought, Man, if I could hop in one of those, I'd be able to do it. And sure enough, you can. Yeah, I, I think for me, and I, and I will pony up also and say that Iron Eagle was a big part of my teenage years. Um, growing up in Germany right next to Ramstein Air Force Base and watching Thunderbirds every freaking year, watching the F-16s fly around. 
Um, and when that movie came out, being a younger teenager, I think I was when that movie came out, freaking it checked all the boxes for a 13 year old too. Um, serious aviation movie. It is not. <laughs> so, so I understand that the character Chappie, that is the main character in all the franchise, it's actually based perhaps on a real guy from the Tuskegee Airmen. Is that right? You guys hear about that? I have I have never heard that, but please enlighten us with that. No, I, I mean I think I was looking earlier because I don't I really don't remember much about the movie Iron Eagle, and uh, I mean it was vaguely familiar when I was looking at little uh, YouTube clips of it, but it didn't stand out in my mind like Top Gun did. But um, yeah, I, I think I saw something on Wikipedia or something that suggested or maybe IMDB or whatever that suggested that the main character is actually based on a Tuskegee Airman, like a famous guy named Chappie uh, who's some legend in the air force that I had no idea about. I'd have to go back and look cause I don't remember all the facts, man. That's, that's crazy. We might have to look that up and put that in the, uh, in the show notes or uh, follow up with that on the uh, Facebook or Instagram page or something. I, I, I'm really intrigued to look that up now. <laughs> right, right. I think there's something going on there. Okay, so on. Uh, let's let's. I know we kind of went, we diverged a little bit, kind of left the reservation on Iron Eagle. And and for those who are still hanging on to listening to the podcast and haven't given up because we started with Iron Eagle, we actually did intend to talk about maybe some World War Two. Uh, propaganda movies uh, that uh, maybe a lot of us have seen and have probably watched either while hobbying or during some of our games. If you've come here to my house to play games, I've certainly had movies like uh, the Malta story playing in the background if we were playing a Malta game. Yeah, uh, yeah playing Malta with, with Alec Guinness, I think it was Alec Guinness, talking in the background and freaking then the Malta fighter combat, that was that was pretty freaking awesome. So I don't remember a whole lot about the actual movie because we were playing while that movie was on. Uh, of course, I was surprised that Alec Guinness was in it. I was like, wow, that's cool. Look, it's Alec Guinness. Uh, but I, the thing I remember most about that movie is that during the most intense portion of our game battle was going on, the most intense portion of the movie battle was going on and all the sound effects were spilling over into some of the videos we took to post on Facebook. That was pretty freaking epic. <laughs> yeah. All right. Does anybody have a favorite movie? You know, I, I do want to preface this by saying that when the topic was thrown out for movies, it was movies that kind of get you in the mood to play Blood Red Skies. All right. It wasn't historically accurate movies or factual movies. It was just movies that get you in the mood to play Blood Red Skies. And I'm going to have to say that the movie Red Tails that came out probably about 10 years ago is just a great, easy-watching, action-packed World War II aviation movie. The flight scenes are pretty good. That's one for me that when I'm hobbying... I can just kind of put it on in the background, look up every once in a while to see the dog fights, and it's just a, a good, easy watching aviation movie. Yeah, I get that completely. I mean, that's that's pretty much what I do with Midway, and I feel the same way about Midway. Man, I don't think I've seen Red Tails. Now, I have seen some clips of some of the, um, you know, the 
pew pew porn scenes and they look pretty amazing. I have to go back and watch that. Maybe I can find it on Prime or something like that. Yeah, they have, I, you know, they have some real good scenes too towards the end of like, uh, I think where they're fighting like an ME-262. So you got some cool scenes of a plane that doesn't show up in a lot of movies. And uh, I mean, the CGI, you know, the computer effects are are pretty good. And they have a bunch, they have some P-40s in it and some of the P-51s, the B models, the D models, uh, 109, some cool B-17 shots. It's just... Like I said, just a really, it just an entertaining movie. Uh, if you go into it looking for like a super realistic uh, documentary of World War II air combat, you are going to be sorely disappointed. Uh, but if you're just watching it for, uh, you know, a good fun little action movie there with airplanes, uh, it's a good watch. You know, you mentioned Midway, and I think maybe like Red Tails, these more modern movies, I, I, they have the appeal perhaps of really. Uh, having a lot of great special effects for some of those scenes that we might really, you know, might really get us excited with the whole, you know, aerial combat or whatever. Um, I have not seen that Bruce Willis movie that was made in China. I think it's called airstrike in, in, in the United States. And I thought I saw if, if any, I think some short clips of some of the battle scenes, I thought, Oh man, I never saw this movie. I've got to see it. I have not seen it. But I did read some of the reviews, and I think maybe reading the reviews may be more entertaining than the movie itself. Have you guys seen that? I uh, I I watched the movie in the background. Uh, I, I guess saying I watched the movie is kind of a lie. I had it on in the background. It's decent movie. Uh, I believe the P-40 is like the star of the movie. They give the P-40 to like the best hotshot Chinese pilot and he saves the day at the end. Uh, but yeah, it's kind of kind of maybe wouldn't mind missing that one. <laughs> so one of the reviews I read said they, they likened Bruce Willis to a, a POWs being videotaped with some kind of statement under duress and, and, and his – you know, eye blinking Morse code to say that, you know, everything he's saying is false, that that, that was, that's what Bruce Willis was doing in that movie. <laughs> Give me the check, but please let me out of the studio. <laughs> I, I actually intended to watch that movie today. Cause I thought, man, for the pure, just kind of like uh, midway and uh, maybe red tails, the promise of, you know, high definition, super cool, you know, planes, and CG, uh, CGI or otherwise some kind of special effects, it makes it, you know, where I could really be in the moment. But uh, after reading a lot of the reviews, I kind of decided not to go that route today with my time. I didn't watch it. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the CGI too right now gets a bad rap. Um, when when Midway first came out, there was just a lot of nerd rage online, which I guess you could say World War Two nerd rage. Um, one in, you know, things are unrealistic, you know, Fighters don't fly that low, da 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 da, da and that kind of stuff. You know, they're, they're right over, right in the palm trees, and um, you know the the dive angles were too shallow, and some of the explosions didn't look real. And it was like, come on! I, sometimes I think people need to just take a deep breath, suspend some belief, you know, <laughs> in in what is what is realistic and and what's good storytelling and and what we're capable of doing. And um, for me, the thing about Midway that was just really value added was the fact that 
they really went a long way to go beyond the the American propaganda film that was made in the 70s um, with Charlton Heston, which, you know, it, it, at its time was was a pretty state-of-the-art movie. It, it used a lot of actual footage from World War II, and, uh, but it, it told a, a very, very American-esque story of, of what happened in Midway that wasn't necessarily true in a lot of um, aspects. And, and the neat thing about Midway this time, it was, it was a lot more... It was a lot more true to what actually happened. They they incorporated things like um, Shattered Sword, which is uh, probably the best book that I've ever read about Midway, um, which incorporates a lot of what really really happened at Midway, and not a lot of the conjecture and not a lot of the you know the Japanese were just dumb and they they were stupid and that's why it happened, which wasn't the truth. It was it, it was just a really complicated thing. Um, and it, it had a lot more depth than the, the original story tried to tell. And I just wish people would do that a little bit more often. Well, Steve, well, you, you said that, you know, a lot of the things that you watch, you watch really to just get inspiration for maybe things you intend to paint or build or just to get you in a mood for playing is, um, I know we talked a little bit about, you know, kind of like the historical accuracy in some of these maybe newer movies where they're off a little bit, or maybe even the older movies that are more like uh, uh, propaganda movies, if you will. Uh, is there what what scratches your itch for getting you motivated to play or paint or something, Steve? Well, I think you know, I think like Chris was saying, it's it's kind of a no win situation, right? Because the the uh, you know the real rivet counters you can't win with them, right? Because they filmed the first Pearl Harbor movie and they were like, Oh, the zeros are T six Texans. And Oh, that's the wrong kind of this and that. And then you film midway and they do all the CGI effects. So they have all the actual planes. They have all that actual stuff, but then they're not using the actual planes correctly. So it's like, you can't win. And truthfully, like you said, I just try to find something, uh, that's going to be an entertaining movie. Uh, and that I might have a chance of seeing a little side boob or something like that in there. And, uh, you know, but I, I really do tend to lean a lot more to the, to the modern movies. It it gets tough for me now to kind of watch older movies where the flying scenes are way further away from the airplanes. And I don't know, I'm kind of a sucker for the, for the modern action scenes that you can do with the computers. Yeah, I mean, it, Pearl. You mentioned Pearl Harbor, and, and I'm completely agreeing with you, Steve. In that, I, I would much prefer you told me the actual story, and and I had to go all oh, that CGI a couple times, you know, which doesn't really bug me. I, I know that we're not recreating this air battle. There's just no way to do that. Um, but when you mentioned Pearl Harbor, it, it just when when I was thinking about movies today, that movie came up in the back of my head, and it came up in the back of my head because I was on sea duty when that movie came out, and I was actually part of a Navy crew in a Navy wardroom. I was the only Marine in the in the wardroom, and um, I remember that movie coming out, and all the officers getting together to watch it, and nobody had seen it yet. It was one of those you know you get the film sent to you overseas, and so we hadn't seen a whole lot of reviews. This is before the internet reviews thing was huge. And um, 
I remember my CEO getting up and just fuming. I mean, he was just so pissed off. He goes, he goes, the biggest naval disaster to ever befall the American Navy, and they write a goddamn movie about the Army Air Corps. <laughs> he said, "Isn't this a son of a bitch?" <laughs> it was just hilarious. I mean, I mean, I think every naval officer in that room was just mortified that that was the direction, and then they took it to this huge love triangle thing, and it was like, oh come on, man, couldn't somebody have made this movie other than Michael Bay? Because this is just really bad. But um, but yeah, I, I know what you're saying. But it was just, I think Pearl Harbor was one of those modern movies where you probably let the modern movie makers go a little bit too far. So there was there were some really amazing scenes in it. You know, Battleship Row getting bombed, or um, the scenes of um, the, the the Doolittle Raiders when they were going into China and actually doing the bombing of Tokyo. That was some amazing stuff. But the rest of that film was just a ungodly freaking disgusting freaking just uh, I, I just didn't I, I couldn't get into it and and I know that a lot of the the people that were on active duty couldn't get into that movie either so I don't know how you guys felt about Pearl Harbor but that was my general take on it yeah I, I, it's kind of underwhelming for me I, I don't remember a lot about it which is probably a sure sign that it, it didn't wasn't very impactful for me when it comes to watching games for me or watching games, watching movies to inspire games or hobby for me, I, I get kind of excited about if it's a feature film. I like the older stuff, the more um, almost uh, what did you call it, Chris? The um, uh, I can't think of the I can't think of the word. The propaganda film, sort of. I, I just, yeah, to, I mean, to, I just throw that term out because that's what we call a lot of those movies that were made in the Vietnam era now about World War Two. So they're kind of thrown yeah. into that genre. Well, of I remember rah, rah America. You guys were here maybe summer before last, and we played a bunch of uh, Battle of Britain stuff. And I think we actually played Michael Caine, you know, Battle of Britain. And uh, didn't you left and you left that weekend and bought a bunch of uh, 109s to paint for your son? Didn't I did. You, based on that did. movie, right? I did. We 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 played that. And my son came down, and we 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 played that whole series and played some Battle of Britain and. And my son said, hey, I really like this game. And Cody, he doesn't play a whole lot of board games, but when he says he wants one, that was why I freaking – I went off and I actually bought him a box set, took it home, painted all the airplanes, put them right back in the box and mailed them to him because we don't see each other a whole lot. He's down in, uh, down in Georgia. He's in the service. I, the thing I remember about that movie uh, more than Michael Caine were all the shots of AT-111s flying and it was all in color. I was really impressed. And all the 109s, that was really cool. Yeah, we watched that. The other movie we watched that day that was really good. It's actually it's kind of a half movie, half documentary, but it's that one, the however many hours to save England or save Britain. Oh yeah, was it thirteen hours to save? Thirteen Britain? hours to save Britain. That was that is just an amazing take on the Battle of Britain. Um, I, I really enjoy that telling of it because it's just the way it breaks it down from moment to moment to moment. What was going on in the air battle and what was actually happening? How the Germans were actually thinking how the English were pulling this whole thing off with radar and it, it, it got in depth, but it also painted a personal side to all the stories, which was really cool. Well, right. You know, we've been talking a lot about feature films, but you brought up, you know, there, there's a lot more out there. There's a lot more media available that has great scenes and a lot of them are documentaries and uh, sometimes not even documentaries. Sometimes I, I know a lot of times when we've played here at the house, I've actually found on YouTube playlists of, um, portions at least or if not complete documentaries that are that just play back to back to back that are you know i can actually kind of make a, a playlist almost like a theme 
that matches the game we're playing. And, uh, you know, it's not always a feature film so much as just portions of documentaries or documentaries altogether that have really great footage. And sometimes that's pretty inspiring. I just, um, I just started watching today. I haven't completed it, but there's a, there's a movie called the star of Africa. It's about Joaquin Marseille and it looks like a feature film that was made in the fifties. It's a black and white film. And uh, I think it was made in Germany, but it's, um, it looks like a, I don't know. I don't, it's a feature film, but it has so much looks like footage from, uh, just maybe documentary footage or whatever put in there. I don't know what you call that. Yeah, probably gun cam and and propaganda videos. They were, that was one of the neat things, you know, everybody was shooting gun cam footage. had just become a thing. I mean, we, we, we had, you know, a lot of the planes had a cameras that would film these kills. So, I mean, if you watch Midway, that's what you're seeing. I mean, a lot of these movies that were made back then, you're actually seeing actual gun cam footage. So move mixed into an actual movie. And that would be neat to watch. Definitely send me a link to that one. I'd I'd like to watch that one on Marseille. Yeah. I found it on, I found it on prime and uh, I haven't watched it yet. Just portion of it, but uh, it looks really interesting. And, and, you know, he's a, he's a real character too. So it'd be neat to see an actual you know, dramatic portrayal of them, even if it's an older film. Like I said, I think it was made in the 50s. I may have some notes here about it. Let's see. Yeah, 1957. And uh, I don't know a whole lot more about it, but it's one that's on my list to watch. But, you know, there's a movie I watched today, kind of going back to um, uh, propaganda films, if you will. You know that John Wayne's very first war film was a flying film about the American volunteer group. It's called Flying Tigers. It was made in 1942. And I watched it today. And, uh, man, it was fun. I, you know, it's black and white, it's older movie and it's, you know, it's sort of that, uh, I don't know, maybe kind of campy, uh, storytelling, if you will. And, you know, very patriotic or whatever, but man, I, I enjoy it. And, and, uh, no, I love those movies. I I love all the old stuff. I mean, it's, it's when you get into the seventies and, the you know, that late sixties kind of era that things kind of get weird sometimes with the war movies. Um, of course, you have your magical gems that come out of that, like Kelly's Hero, which also has a great aviation scene in it when they get strafed by the 47. Um, but um, but yeah, I mean, there, there's a lot of good movies out there, like in that in that genre and, and those old black and white ones. Hey, look, Trevor showed up. Yeah, yeah I'm here. Hey, Sorry. Trevor, what's going on? You know, this whole episode is your fault, as I understand I know, it. I know. <laughs> I had fatherly duties and such. And Sorry. 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 Speaking Canadian there. Um so I just jumped into this conversation, you guys talking about the Battle of Britain. Man, I watched that movie. I think my grandfather let me watch that movie when I was like six or seven years old, maybe. And I was blown away by it. And then you come and find out and you research it. And um, I actually got a chance to cover it on a um, movie podcast that I, that I follow, Talk Without Rhythm. And, it, and you come to find out like how they, at that time, it was... <laughs> actual working Spitfires and 109s and Hankels and it's actually one of the largest it's actually considered an Air Force at that time considering how many planes they threw in the air for that movie um, so that was really cool considering the the 109s were I think they were Spanish I believe and then obviously the, the Spitfires then um, Robert Shaw's character was actually uh, he was modeled after Sailor Milan Kind of, if you if you go and read about Salem Milan, he was a kind of a hard ass. He he drove people hard, and that's kind of how Robert Shaw's character was. Um, he was constantly a you know Ian, a very very young Ian McShane. So if you like 
Deadwood, like I do. Hey, look, it's Ian McShane. Um, so that was really cool. And then I watched another Balabret movie, which, uh, take it for what it was. It was called Hurricane. It was about the Polish and the Czechs. Uh, it's on Netflix, I believe. The story and the writing is okay, but man, is this, is the, the effects terrible? <laughs> it was yeah, like, I, I saw the previews to that, and I was I was intrigued by it just because it's there's very few tellings of the you know the the, the former Eastern Bloc countries that came over to to fly in England. So that that was one that's definitely on my list to watch. Yeah, I actually um, thought that was a that was a pretty pretty decent watch. I think I caught that a, a month or two ago on Netflix. It's a like you said. There's not a lot, uh, a lot out there of that sort of story being told. It, it's a decent watch. I would I would recommend checking it out. Yeah, the character, the, the characters and the the pilots, like they're very well acted. I just think that if it was given, like a Hollywood budget, like how say Midway did, you could actually do a lot more and actually kind of clean up the the, the air scenes, so to speak. That's really all I really needed, because some of it was pretty pretty lackluster as far as like quality now the quality of the of the movie itself is definitely it was it was very good it's just that part was like that's not that great guys but eh, what are you gonna do um, you, know, uh, you just reminded me of a fairly modern movie that i was really impressed with the uh the fighter scenes although it wasn't a big portion of the movie in any way uh do you guys remember the spitfire scenes from dunkirk yeah, um, that that was really awesome the way they did that. How they actually put Tom Hardy in a two-seater Spitfire and filmed it, so they're actually flying in the Spitfires, which is really Dude, really cool. Dunkirk and, was good. That was just a well-done movie all the way oh, around. Man, I really enjoyed was, that one. Uh, yeah, I mean that whole. I loved how they kind of stuck with everything being a real-life thing. Like we're actually going to put real men on, on the ground or in cutouts. I think it was very practical. Granted that the Dunkirk evacuation was fucking massive and. There was a, the sorties. They flew tons of sorties. I mean, but I still have to respect the fact that um, he wanted to keep it very much practical. Even like the uh, the Hankel, uh, the 111 that was uh, going after the. I think it was like a transport or something. That was a model airplane essentially that they that they used as in a scale kind of thing where they pulled back enough, but to show the scale of it. Um, the 109 was a. I think they were um, they the, those Spanish 109s that, that basically looked the same. They just repainted them, and I think the Stu I can't remember what the Stuka's because I saw a whole of the, uh, like a documentary on it, and of course I geek out about it. I'm like, oh, this is really neat. Um, but the Spitfire scenes were phenomenal. I was like, I'd take more Tom Hardy scenes of him in a Spitfire would be great. And it, it felt like you're actually in the cockpit, like. Yeah, that's that's the big thing I remember about it. Is it really felt like you were there in the plane with him. It, that that was well done. Yeah, the way they kept flashing to the gauges and, you know, it's, how much gas do I have? And if if I run out of gas, I'm gone. But if, if I don't keep doing this, they're gone. And it was, yeah, they, they produced a lot of tension with with the intricacies of actually showing you the inside of the plane. I think that was one of the things that was just really well done in it that you don't get in a lot of movies. I have a vague recollection, too, that the audio in those scenes was really realistic, too, in that instead of it cutting to each person that was speaking, you might have I, I, this. I, I could be way off base, but I seem to recall it this way: that you you would be seeing one pilot, and you would hear the audio coming from another pilot, but you would hear it the way he heard it through his garbled headset. I thought if that's true, that it was pretty neat. Yeah, that's pretty much how they did it. And if 
their um, their the the OC or like whoever like the flight officer was that they were reporting back to. They're like, hey, why can't we go to Cali? That was Michael Caine. So let's kind of bring it back around to Battle of Britain. And Michael Caine had a small cameo in Dunkirk as a Spitfire controller, essentially. Oh, that's so cool. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. I'm going to actually go back and watch that movie just so I can listen for it. Yeah, seriously. It's a small bit. It's like, you know, when they're flying over, like, well, why are we going to Dunkirk? Why can't go go to Cali? It's like, well, the Germans have something to say about that. And that's really about it. And and it's like, watch your fuel gauges. And it's a really small bit. And I I had to watch it a few times and do my INDB uh, rabbit hole. And I'm like... Oh shit, Michael Caine. You know, I have to um, make a maybe an apology to our audience. You know, practically every happy hour we have, somebody mentions, especially our friends across the pond, mention a movie that we really need to check out. And I, I don't recall, I don't have my uh, notes from the happy hours where I've written these things down, but I've actually made you know a short list of these movies that have been suggested to us. But in nearly every case, I've not been able to find them. Uh, there was one movie in particular that everybody said, "Oh, you got to watch this movie." It might have been called. Well, I don't even want to. Angels even, One Five. That's that's it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I know, so I can't find it either. I'm waiting I, I to can, see this movie. Yeah, I can find it, but it says not available in the United States. So, I don't know what that's all about. But if yeah. you have a um, all regions like DVD or Blu-ray player, you might have to import it and if you want to blind buy it and do it that way because they might not even have it in print for Americans. So I don't know. That's going to be like a deep dive for that one. Yeah, that has come recommended pretty much every time this comes up on Happy Hour, Angels 1-5 comes up. And I've yet to be able to find it. Every time I find it, it's like, you know, not available in your region like Brett said. So that's definitely one that we're going to have to – have to find a way to watch. Yeah, there's there's a few deep cuts out there that have been recommended to us that I haven't seen. Uh, so I I saw I mentioned that I saw recently. I just watched it today actually. Um, the uh, Flying Tigers, uh, John Wayne Flint film, which I mentioned is it's kind of neat, I guess, from a John Wayne perspective because it's his very first war film, which was kind of important to his career. That was one of like basically three major genre that he did. Uh, and I, I found it to be a pretty cool, a pretty cool movie. And it looked to me like, uh, it was fairly accurate in the way they tried to represent the special effects. I mean, it was a lot of models and stuff. There were a lot of flying, actual flying scenes of real P forties flying around, but in the aerial combat scenes with, uh, I guess they were Nate, it was, you know, scale models and stuff. But, uh, you know, I was, I was pretty entertained with the, the flying scenes as, as I guess, comparatively rudimentary, uh, as they were compared to like a modern CGI kind of thing. But uh, do you guys have anything like that that you've recently watched? You can make a comparison between like the, the effects and then and now. I, uh, I recently started doing a dive on um, Baba Black Sheep. Uh, I think I just caught some episodes on YouTube, really kind of old school stuff. It's like, Oh, holy shit. This is pretty cool. Cause I read the book and Pappy Boyington actually has a cameo in a couple episodes. It's kind of funny. Um, but it's kind of like more of a heightened uh, reality than what uh, Boynton really went through. But it's 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 a fun, it's actually definitely kind of like a pulpy fun adventure watch. Yeah, it was written um, as as a as a campy kind of. It was in that same genre as Kelly's Heroes, where it was supposed to be you know Hogan's Heroes also. So you know it was kind of meant to be World War Two, but it was meant to be funny and paint things in kind of a 
very clean light and it, it was interesting there's recurring characters with the japanese that are oh, come up and fly today pappy which is you know spun off of some true conversations that took place but it was it was neat and it was neat that if you watch pappy boeington's um biography on um i think it's available on amazon and i think it might be on netflix too but they talk about how he was brought in he wasn't doing really well in life at that point and he was kind of brought in by Hollywood as a as a producer on the side and as a as a person to help with the general overall telling of the story. And there were a lot of people that are from the squadron that 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 despised him um, for for participating in it because a lot of the the actual black sheep are not fond of that television show at all because of the way it paints them. They like that rabble rouser kind of feel, but they didn't like that the way they were painted as a group of basically ne'er do well misfits and. Um, but it's an interesting it's an interesting take on War Two. But you watch something like that, and then you go to like Tora Tora Tora, which is probably one of the best. I I put it as one of the best historical like World War Two aviation just all around like it's a it's almost a fucking perfect movie in my eyes, man. Like the scene like nothing. It's just a documentary. It's like almost it felt similar to like a documentary, but yet with a Hollywood back like backing. Like this, like when they finally attack Pearl and how everything's going. Like they have the the Kates and the the Zeros and everything attacking. And then you get the P40s finally get up there, and it's not Ben Affleck and, and uh, the other cat, you know, flying around in Hawaiian t-shirts. It's actually like, all right, these guys feel like they're real P40 pilots, and that whole movie is just absolutely incredible. Yeah, growing up as a, as a kid, like I said, overseas and having AFN, you know, you you have one channel to watch, and every Every Pearl Harbor Day, Tora 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 was played on AFN. So I, I have a, I have a, I've watched that film a lot of times in my childhood. Yeah, that was definitely one of the ones. Like my grandfather, he was a onboard engineer for B twenty nine in Korea, and uh, he he introduced me to Tora Tora Tora, Battle of Britain, um, Zulu, which obviously not talk has nothing to do with war too, but it's just one of those fantastic historical movies that pretty much gets everything right um and uh he's you know, the one that got me in the model airplanes all this shit so like i watched i had vhs of bell and i think i wore that thing out i bought the, the blu-ray um my uncle is the one he got me to watch the blue max which is world war one um aces which is really really good too it's george papard um if you guys have not seen that definitely check that one out um and uh we both just despise Red Tails because I think that movie does a disservice to the Tuskegee Airmen. Like, I don't think it paints them very well. I think uh, the Lawrence Fishburne Tuskegee Airmen does a better job. Um, but that's just my personal opinion on it. I think their story is so great. Like, it's just like, holy crap, these guys were incredible pilots. They were dedicated to their country. But just, I don't know, it, it seemed a little too much, a little too heightened reality for me. Not to mention the flight, the fighting scenes, like the, the Tuskegee Airmen never fought 262s. Sorry, never happened. Um, and again, they have those planes doing things that if a P-51 did that, its wings would probably fall off. So there's some things where it's, the new stuff isn't compared to the, to the old classics. I don't think it, the new stuff touches it, unfortunately. I'd much, I, Love Midway. I'm a Midway apologist, I guess. It compared to Tor Tor Tor, it doesn't hold a candle. 
Yeah, I can agree with that. I, I, you know, I'm sitting here, I'm, an, I'm a Midway apologist too. And like I said, the reason and what I said earlier before you were on is the main reason I like Midway is because it paid so much homage to a much truer telling of what actually happened in Midway than some of the things that had been done before did. And that, that's what I appreciated about it. Yeah, I, I, I definitely like how they built the timeline. I understand why they built that timeline because they're trying to appeal to, a, to newer audiences who aren't, like if you're not a history buff and you don't understand the significance of Midway and how it, it led into Midway um, with, you know, the, the, the tensions between the United States and Japan and then the attack of Pearl Harbor, then the Marshall Islands, then Coral Sea, then finally Midway. I mean, I think it does a great job at showing that. Um, I do kind of wish that they paid a little bit more attention to the Enterprise and the Hornet and, and especially the, the Wildcats. But he, they would have ran out of money. <laughs> um, yeah, I, my of, bigger gripe with Midway was I wish it could have been an hour long so we could have seen part of the Battle of the Coral Sea. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the Coral Sea would have been a whole thing of itself because that battle is fucking crazy too. Um, and I mean, hell, you could just dedicate a whole movie to the Wildcats, providing top cover for the uh, for the torpedo bombers and the and the the dive bombers. And but I think it did a good job with the Japanese too, not painting them in any sort of caricature or um, like mustache twirling baddies. I think it was um, even when uh, the Jonas brother got thrown over the side of the boat, like that actually kind of that actually happened. Like those little small. You wouldn't believe this happened. His character, a lot of the stuff that happened, that, that's kind of what happened to him. <laughs> Unfortunately, he was thrown over the side of the boat and was murdered, essentially. <laughs> um, and I think even the, even how the Dauntlesses looked, they looked like they'd been out to sea. They didn't look polished and brand new and shiny. They looked like they'd been on top of a carrier for the last couple months. Um, the uh, dog fighting at zero, eh, not so much, <laughs> but um, I think they did a pretty good job with it. And I hope that movies like that get people interested in the history behind Midway and want people to go out and want to see these movies and want to to learn more about it. Um, I know, I know, I certainly did because I knew very little about the Mel Midway, and then I started looking at Craig L. Simons' book Midway, which is absolutely fantastic, and. Uh, they did a pretty good job, and you start, re like, like Chris, like you said, I mean, you start realizing, like, holy shit, they got quite a bit right in this movie. All right, since we have so many Marines on lead pursuit, I got to ask, how many times have you guys watched Flying Leathernecks, and what does that movie mean to you guys? <laughs> to be guess, honest, for myself, I've seen it, I think, twice. So, and it's it's a good flick. I mean, it's it's Ura Marine Corps, but it. Yeah, I, it's not up yeah. there in my in my higher level of freaking World War Two likes. Yeah, I've, I think I've seen Sands of Evil Jima more than I've seen Flying Leathernecks. Um, in the like longest day, even though I'm not the biggest John Wayne fan, um, it was okay. It was a fun little watch. Like I throw it on TV. Um, I'm on my own opinions about John Wayne as a as an actor. I think Clint Eastwood is better, but that's just me personally. Um, <laughs> I think he handles handles it a lot better. But uh, Flying Leathernecks, it, it's it is what it is. It's it's a fun John Wayne film, you know. Seeing John Wayne try to throw himself into a cockpit, it's kind of funny. So you see any like Firefox better? It's a 
it's higher on your list. I, hey, I like Firefox, man. I, 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 Firefox is another one of those teenage connection films for me. That was right when, you know, VHS tapes were getting really big. So that, that was like one of the first big blockbuster VHS releases that everybody got their hands on. And I think I've watched that Clint Eastwood movie about a hundred times. In fact, we watched Firefox. I want to say it was like seven months ago. It was on, I don't know what it was, maybe the movie channel or sci-fi or something. It was on one of those, those. And I was like, holy crap, this is Firefox. And we were like 10 minutes into it. And we both sat down and watched the whole thing. And yeah, it's a good movie. It's a fun movie. It's, I wouldn't say it's a, it's a great realistic movie at all. It's a futuristic weird kind of, but it's, it's, it's fascinating. Yeah. Firefox for me is like, I, I would like do a double feature of Firefox and like hunt for red October just to get all the Soviet cold war goodness and warmth. All right. Okay, listen, I have a little bit of fun for you guys, all right? I'm going to I'm going to drop some names and some facts, and as soon as you guys recognize what movie I'm talking about, shout it out and we can talk about it, okay? All right. Here we go. Steven Spielberg. Empire of the Sun. No. It's not the one I'm thinking about. Okay, Robert Zemeckis. I'm dropping some big names. Okay. Dan Aykroyd. Pearl Harbor? No. The year 1979 is when the movie was made. Yes. <laughs> now, I've heard it said – I didn't go John Belushi because I knew that would give it away. Um, so I've heard it said on Ready Room that folks want an ace card for uh, Captain Kelso. What do you guys think? I think that it should have been the first ace card. <laughs> I, I, think, I think Trevor asked me to do one of those way back when when we were doing Ace Cards, and we kind of lost our steam because Adepticon got canceled. That was definitely in the doings because when you said Kelso, that's what gave me the idea when we were doing that one episode where I, I put Doug's face on, on Kelso on the motorcycle. <laughs> that's right. I forgot about that. I watched that movie so freaking I mean, that, much. Like, that's, that has to be. I mean, an Ace Card is needed for that, right? Absolutely needed. I, I love that movie. I mean, just him flying around the canyons of, I think it was like South, Southern California, getting lost, cracking a Coca-Cola bottle over it. It's like, I'm lost, shit. And just flies off. Just so good. So I've got to watch that again. It's so funny, man. Like, uh, Steven Spielberg, he uh, he got some, like, a lot of people actually didn't like that movie. Uh, it, it, it was one of those movies that came out and people were like, this kind of is not good. And it kind of, picked up a cult following afterwards um but you could definitely see like it was there like dan Aykroyd was great in it. john candy was in it treat a very young treat williams was in it uh who else was in it uh he played he played i think it was otter or he played on animal house like just top to bottom laughing my ass off i mean when the uh when the sailors and the the the, uh, the army are fighting in the streets and it's just so fucking funny. <laughs> That's awesome. There's some big names in that movie too. I have to go back and watch that again. Um, so would Kelso potentially be like our answer to like a Johnny Red or something when it comes to like an ace card? What do you think? Oh, I think that fits perfect. I mean, <laughs> Johnny Red's kind of it's 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 a little bit of a different thing. It's more of a the the rah rah England Russia kind of thing, but but it works as kind of that America. I think it's it's good in that it kind of pokes fun at the same time that it it's it's just really humorous. 
it's kind of like a big middle finger, right? Yeah, I mean, it kind of takes like the the whole war nerves and cranks it up. Like he's the embodiment of what America was like, and the, like like I was saying, Rob Rob is actually an anti-war film when you kind of break it down and look at it. It's kind of funny that way. But I wish you know if we could de- design rules that kind of fit that character, like Kelso will actually shoot at his own guys or something, like he did in the movie. Yeah, I think we could definitely pull that off. That's cool. Well, you know, we haven't talked about any bomber-specific movies, and I was kind of looking around for movies to check out, and I I added a bomber movie to my watch list that came out in 2013 called, um, oh, darn it, what's it called? It's uh, Fortress, I think. Has anybody seen that? You know, I got to tell you, it was one of my, uh, I put that on in the background painting. Uh, Again, I I think it's a good background movie. Uh, The the big killer for me with that one is I felt like I was watching uh, somebody play like a PlayStation 1 video game. The, you know, I kind of talked earlier about how like I very much skew towards the modern movies just because, uh, you know, I like the graphics. I like the close-up shots of the airplanes that you don't get in the real life. I like kind of like the over-exaggerated speed. But Fortress was like everything that is wrong with modern CGI. That makes me so sad. (laughs) It was written written in, it was a 2012 movie, so that was, believe it or not, you know, CGI has made leaps and bounds here in the last, even the last five years so. Um, speaking of CGI movies, have how many people here have seen Greyhound? I know it's not an aviation flick. I haven't it, seen it yet, but I've only oh seen Oh my god! Uh, I saw an amazing trailer for it. I want to see it. That that scene that I posted for you guys, watching the entire movie. Now the movie itself, it's very light on plot. I mean, the plot is we're going from we're going through the the worst part of the North Atlantic with a convoy, and we're a destroyer, and we're fighting German U-boats. I mean, that is the plot of the movie. It does not get any deeper than that. And um, but there's a scene at the end with a Catalina that is just it is worth the complete. If the film was horrible, if it was an hour and a half of the worst movie you'd ever seen, that one scene where the Catalina rolls in on the U-boat is just worth its weight in gold. It is just epic. And I'm, I'm just a Catalina lover to begin with. I think it's the one of the baddest old freaking just guppies of a plane. Um, what those guys did, even Battle of Midway, um, freaking Guadalcanal, all the different places that, the, that, that that plane flew and what those crews did, that scene does them such a service because there's almost no scenes where you see a Catalina engaged in combat. If you want to watch a real, uh, to, if you want to say that whole sub thing, if you guys haven't seen it, run silent, run deep, fucking phenomenal. Oh, that it's a great movie. It's right there with Das Boot. Both yeah. both of those are classics. In fact, that scene for aviation people, you know, that scene at the end of Das Boot where the freaking the sub pins get bombed is just freaking. That's that's an epic moment in filmmaking. It just it is. I also like, get a chance to watch a U five seven one, which had a small thing in it, like a very very small bit of an airplane a german plane doing a pass on it and i know people hate that movie because it took the british and replaced them with the americans but as far as like a submarine movie it's a legit submarine movie because david ayers the guy who wrote it was a sonar technician on a submarine in the navy from 1988 ish for a couple of years and he's also the same guy who directed and wrote fury 
Dang, well, Brett, if you're talking about uh, bomber movies, one of the ones I was originally coming in with when I was kind of racking my brain about uh, Blood Red Skies inspiration movies, uh, Memphis Bell, man, just a good, solid uh, 90s era movie, you know, where special effects, they were kind of uh, still close enough to World War II that they were using some real airplanes and they were mixed in with kind of the model era special effects. Just a classic good movie about uh, a B-17. little theatrical, but a solid movie. It's a great movie. That, that's a good one. And, you know, the, the, one of the things that's in pre-production right now is um, Hanks and Spielberg are doing their Band of Brothers of the 8th Air Force, which I don't know when that's going to be finished and when they're going to wrap on that, when that's going to be out. But that's going to be an epic. From what I hear, it's supposed to be like the same vein as ba- the other Band of Brothers. So it's supposed to be like eight-part miniseries. Um, on HBO, um, that would be amazing. Yeah, they're they're working on it right now. So it's it actually I, it got delayed. I think a little bit because of COVID last I read, and then but they're already in. I don't know if they're in pre production or if they're actually in full blown production. But um, but yeah, that is that is in the works and that is going to happen. Yeah, Memphis Bell was one of those like childhood not childhood I date myself too much. You know, eighty seven baby. Um, but that was one of those like I me and my buddy Dustin who we both enlisted in the Marines together. We watched that movie all the fucking time. And um, another good bomber movie that was introduced to me by, by my mom was uh, 12 O'Clock High, which is, uh, I think it's Gregory Peck, I want to say, but he's like a bomber. Yeah, it's a good film. Yeah. Uh, it's more, it deals more with like the effects of a bomber crew more so than anything, but there are some pretty good scenes in it of uh, just kind of like Hollywoodized with the background, and but it's... Steve, if you haven't got a chance to check that out, I'd give give that a watch. Oh yeah, good good one too. And it, you always have a, uh, 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 what's it called? Catch Twenty Two. Also another good movie that was filmed with all all legit, real B twenty fives, right? So kind of a kind of a little funny movie, but but real flying B twenty fives. And the other one that came up in passing, we were talking about that is honestly one of the best World War II flying scenes in a movie period is Empire of the Sun, man. That P-51 scene in Empire of the Sun is just phenomenal, phenomenal flying scene in a movie. I've got to go check that out. I, ha- I don't know that I've seen it. It's one of St- Spielberg's earlier movies. It's like, I think, he, not earlier, but I think he made it in the 90s, I want to say, like eight, late 80s, early 90s, I want to say. Um, it takes place, and I think in the Philippines or China or South China with the Japanese when they invaded and I think he was a British kid and so he's basically a kid living in uh, enemy occupied territory essentially um, and then like, there's a there's P-51 flying around that's just amazing um, the one P-51 scene that did kind of piss me off though was in Saving Private Ryan um, at the end when the, when the P-51 came in and blew up the tank and Matt Damon, Matt Damon, uh, said, "Oh, P-51s, tank hunters or tank killers or something like that." It's like, no, no, no. That's a P-47 or P-38. It's not some damn P-51. It's gonna be a tank hunter. Those things are not made for that. <laughs> but that's my small little gripe because I'm a P-47 enthusiast. No, I'm with you, man. That's always stuck with me. From the very first time I saw that movie, he's like, oh, P-51, tank busters. It's like, no, no. 
Yeah, why why would you hang a bomb on that plane? It just it's 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 like when you see a freaking you know Focke or a freaking BF one hundred nine. You know the pictures of them with bombs on it is like yeah, it could do it. Um, why would you? <laughs> oh well, I mean, I, I like seeing Prayer Ryan, except for that scene. I kind of wish they had more. They showed more of like the uh, the airplanes as they were coming onto the beach because the P thirty eights and. The Falk Wolf 190s were big in that battle. Um, it's pretty. I read uh, Stephen Ambrose's book about D-Day, and they, ch- and they actually went with the P-38 because they were afraid of friendly fire, and that was the one plane that is extremely distinctive with the forked tails that that the gun crews on the on the ships wouldn't shoot at it, and also the invasion stripes and all that kind of stuff. But uh, like Prips Pillar was was a D-Day, and he was one of the Falk Wolf pilots flying around trying to disrupt the Allies. So, so Brett, we're coming up on an hour here, and uh, there's a movie that hasn't been brought up at all yet, you know. And I feel like with Doug on here, we'd kind of be not doing it justice if we brought it up. Do Do we need to bring up that movie at all? I think I know where you're going. Uh, I was just gonna transition to a later period in aviation, military aviation history. Is that where you're going? Yeah, like, like I don't know, like. Post Vietnam, Cold War era aviation. Oh, you're, you're, you've you've jumped past me. I thought you were talking about bridges of Tokeri. Uh, go for it. I think I, I I think I'm picking up what you're putting down. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, Careful, I don't know. Steve, I, I just feel like with Doug on. here, if we if we didn't mention, you know, some naval aviation uh hygiene didn't, men- didn't mention inverted right. volleyball. <laughs> yeah, that's he he got into naval aviation because of the volleyball, right? That's uh, I'm I've, I've been around a lot of naval radiators and um, I, I'd say that's what a lot of them got into it for. I mean, I'm sure Doug has still has his acid washed uh, jeans and his baby oil and volleyball kit ready to go. <laughs> oh my god! Right? I, I gotta I'm gonna have to burn that. I'm gonna have, like drink bleach <laughs> to burn that out of my brain. <laughs> what has been seen cannot be unseen. Yeah, so I'm thinking Doug in some cutoff acid wash jean shorts shirtless on the sand volleyball court with a Michelob light and his dog tags around his neck. Are, are you, are you picturing the scene? No, I'm vomiting. <laughs> if we could, you think maybe at the next gathering of Eagles, we could make sure we get like a hotel that has a little outdoor volleyball area. Maybe you could kind of do that is an epic some, idea. That is an epic idea to know. have freaking gathering of Eagle freaking volleyball. <laughs> did, did you actually pick up that uh, top gun board game? That's now available at targets target stores. I did. I did. You know, I haven't played it, but Doug did verify. I mean, the way the game works and, you know, I've read through the rules thoroughly in case you you guys out there aren't aware of it. It's a new uh, Top Gun board game. You can pick it up at Target. It's $29.99. It's uh, the first half of the game. You play a volleyball match with like a deck of cards. And then whoever wins the volleyball match gets to choose if they are the aggressor or if they are the Top Gun student. And Doug did 100% clarify that at Top Gun, that is in fact how they decide their roles in their engagements, that the winner of the volleyball game gets to pick. I'm I'm picturing a Top Gun board game side tournament at the next GOE, maybe after the, the plane 
tournament is over <laughs> and the beers come out. <laughs> I think someone needs to be Doug's hype man. Every time he walks around, he needs to be pl- bat, uh, blasting Kenny Loggins or something like that behind him. One of the one of the pilots that um, that that Doug knows very well that I roommated with in Afghanistan, F eighteen guy every day when we got in our freaking our freaking little Pakistani freaking Toyota that we drove around the airfield to get to the other side. He had a tape and it was it was Danger Zone over and over again. It was just burned into my freaking brain. I was like, "Are you for real?" He's like, "No, no, I love this song." And I'm like, "You are everything wrong with freaking marine aviation." But never said that to him. Wait, what's the to, so, what's the song from Iron Eagle that's on the tape when the guy does does the gun run after after Chappie burns in or whatever? Does anybody I, remember? I couldn't tell you. It's some fart uh, like eighties. The fart only rock. the only song that I vividly remember uh, from Iron Eagle is Twisted Sister. We're not gonna take it when they're like sneaking around the airbase making the plan. That song is like burned in my brain. Uh, you know, from in fact, now every time I go flying, I hop in my Cessna, I put my little tape player on, I just rock out to it the whole time. Is it One Vision by Queen? Couldn't tell you. Yeah, I'm looking it up. I was seeing if I could, I could Google my way to an answer because One Vision is the original. That's give, me some, theme, so give me some loving. Give me some loving. Oh, give me some loving. Chappie. <laughs> <laughs> Doug Masters fucked the world. So we were we didn't really get into the uh, the merits of the actual movie Top Gun. We kind of talked a little bit about the merits of Iron Eagle and how it far surpasses it, and not only in quality but also in volume of of uh, of sequels. Uh, Iron Eagle far surpasses Top Gun, but. Um, what do you guys, you guys think I, about? Uh, I'm pretty sure that in Iron Top Eagle, Good. they were actually shooting at French Mirages, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> it's been a long time. But strangely enough, in Top Gun, they were shooting at American airplanes. <laughs> it was our own aggressor aircraft painted in Russian schemes. So, um, yeah, I, th- I think that was one plus that Iron Eagle had going for it. You know, the, the, theoretically, there were planes that could have actually fought at some point. Like I don't remember Iron Eagle. I got to be honest, but I think I was a senior in high school when when uh, Top Gun came out, and I can remember being pretty pretty excited about it and uh, like riding in a friend's car. We had Kenny Loggins playing really loud as we were, you know, turning on afterburners, going onto the you know on ramp of the interstate. <laughs> that probably actually happened. I had so many stupid Tomcat freaking. Uh, model airplanes and like little remote control planes and Tomcat and my stepdad had the Top Gun soundtrack uh, disc, not disc but um, cassette and I beat the shit out of that too man like it was a cool, then my mom told me about Iron Eagle and the first one was the other two you know, diminishing return but uh, I think the I, I think over Iron Eagle has the edge on Top Gun but Top Gun has Michael Ironside, who I, I fucking love everything he does. Him and Tom Skerritt. I'm like, those guys just seem cool. Like, I, I fly with them. <laughs> I mean, let's let's be honest, though. That's, that opening scene of Top Gun, I mean, the cinematography on that, that is, that is a phenomenally done, not facetiously phenomenally done piece of cinema, that, that opening credit scene of Top Gun. 
that's where the uh, that's where the catchphrase the navy it's not just a job it's a movie came from never knew that <laughs> oh look guys we've been going on about movies for about an hour i'm sure there's a lot more we could talk about there's a ton we haven't talked about we didn't even get into bridges of tokeri which i watched not too long ago and actually really enjoyed and thought had pretty some pretty cool flying scenes but man what a buzzkill at the end i thought uh yeah but we'll leave, leave that to the uh the audience to uh to check out on their own and decide how they feel about it but another good movie the intruder Definitely, if you haven't seen that in a while, Flight of the Intruder. Hell oh, that yeah. Film. That was a good film. Hey, Doug's back. <laughs> I've just been lurking, boys, making sure you don't go too far off the reservation. Did you catch our commentary about uh, a young Douglas Lieutenant Glover at uh, flight school in Pensacola? <laughs> Negative. I will, I will catch that one in the edit, I'm sure. <laughs> All right. Well, I think this just about wraps it up. Like I said, we've gone over an hour and uh, – I know we've left a lot out, but we've had fun talking about some of the movies we've most recently watched and some of the ones that most come to mind when we're looking for movies to either play while we're playing a game or put on in the background while we're painting or just to check out, just to get some inspiration. I can tell you after watching Flying Tigers, I want to get some Nates and some P40s now. (laughs) That's how it happens, right? Yeah, that's exactly what happened. When watching Midway was was where my whole freaking World War II freaking aviation bug just kicked back off. All right, Doug, why don't you close us out? Uh, give us a movie that you've seen that you like. Oh, I, you know, you're going to laugh when I say it because I, I, you haven't brought it up yet, I'm sure. And it is a World War II movie, sort of. Final Countdown. I knew it. I knew he was going <laughs> oh, Final so Countdown. Yes, 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 yes. yes. I, just, I, I just have to because, you know, sure, it's zeros and F-14s, baby. So, yeah, sorry. Uh, that was going to be my pick, even though it's not really a World War II movie, but it sort of is. So. No, it's VF-84, though, right? I mean, hey, classic, yeah, isn't it? You got It is. You got to love it. It's classic 1980s, uh, you know. Big thrust to weight ratio airplanes beating up on poor little zeros that all they have is a tight turn card. Doug, it's like a, it's kind of in the ballpark of you know Die Hard is a Christmas movie and I exactly right. yeah yeah exactly Die Hard is a Christmas movie and Final Countdown is a World War Two movie whether you like it or not. Well anyway, thanks guys. I appreciate y'all running the podcast tonight and thanks everyone for listening. Uh, please give us your feedback out there on Facebook, Instagram, or via email. We'd love to hear from you. Hey, man, when I get into the Space Force, you better not be talking like that. Whatever, Guardian. (laughs) (laughs) The Dork Force. The Dork Force. They can't, uh, there's no way they can have their own service academy because they don't be space cadets, right? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Nice one. I mean, there's no way. uh... Hey, Doug, before you leave, can we, uh, I want to nominate you to change your uh, call sign to Chappie. And we'll all be the uh, the high school dropouts <laughs> from Iron Eagle 4. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know if that makes me honored or makes me want to go stick my head in the oven. Oh, wait, I, I don't have a gas oven yet. That's in the new house. I get a gas oven tomorrow, so let me delay that suicide ideation. We, we think that the Iron, the Iron Eagle franchise could, do like, we, we could be like the official Lead Pursuit podcast. So, so somebody uh, tell movie. me what the plot of 4 was while, while we're bantering about it. Because I, 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 like I didn't even lost know there was an three. Iron Eagle 4. I knew yeah. there was a 3. I didn't yeah. know there was a 4. Yeah, no, my mind was blown that there was a 3, and then I saw there was a 4. Yeah.